Um, today, uh, I want to share with you about discovering your assignment, and then I'm going to pray for you. Is that okay? Uh, Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 10 says, For it is by grace you have been saved uh, through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Uh, you're about to go into an assignment or a new assignment that God has prepared for you before the beginning of time. This is not new uh, in, the, in the timeline of God. It's just new for you, but it's great for where you're going. Amen, Pastor Luca. You're welcome, Freedom Center. Each of us is a masterpiece and a unique creation of God that he's working on, and we are all uh, a work in progress. That's why we've got to be easy on the other person and easy on ourselves. What I love about Jesus is that he had an assignment to die on the cross, and he rose again, and he's destroyed the works of the enemy uh, to save us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So salvation being born again, it's a work that he's already done. And so what I love about this is that we receive what he's done so that we can get on to what we need to do. It's very easy. It's an easy transaction. And I love the communion. I thought the communion teaching was great. All we do is receive the blood of Jesus Christ, receive his body, receive his forgiveness, receive his goodness, receive his grace, receive his assignment, and we'll change the world. It's a gift. Uh, I prayed for a person in Indonesia. He was a Catholic, and he was on his dying bed, and he, he didn't want to give his life to Jesus Christ because he felt he didn't do enough. And I said, sir, no, no, that Jesus has died, he's done everything on the cross for you. All you need to do is receive the gift of salvation. It's not what you do, sir, it's what he's already done. And I want to say to this church right now that the, this place that you're going to, he's actually paid the price on the cross for you and prepared a way for an assignment for Freedom Center to go into yonder. That's why I'm here. I'm here to help you go to yonder into this new assignment that the Lord has for you and it's going to bring new life for you. That's great, Pastor Luca. You're welcome, Freedom Center. So I'm bringing you to myself. <laughs> so what the Lord does is gives us an assignment to advance the kingdom of God. He's designed us and he's designed you in a unique purpose, called to bring heaven to earth and called to restore your community one life at a time. I live in a community called Otara in South Auckland, which is the roughest and the poorest place in New Zealand, and I didn't want to go there. I wanted to go to Sydney in Balmain. <laughs> when I resigned from our, our previous church, it was, I was serving for 14 years, and then I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to, I feel I need to go to Balmain. And so I brought my wife over, my wife over to Sydney, because she's Australian, and I thought, see, Australia, Australia. And so we came and I looked around and I went to swim at Balmain and, uh, and I thought, surely the Lord. 
And my wife said to me, no, we need to go to Otara, which is the worst place in New Zealand, and get him saved. And I said to my wife, there's something wrong with you. You've been watching too many kangaroos. And so we came back to New Zealand, and a man called John Cameron called me, and he said to me, Luca, I heard you've left your church, but I feel you need to go to Otara in South Auckland. And I said to John, John, shut up. And then a man called Bill Sabritsky, who some of you may know, has incredible evangelistic ministry. He called me and he said to me, Luca, I feel you need to go to Altara. So I said to my wife, I don't want to disobey the word of the Lord. We jumped in the car and I said, Lord, when we drive near Altara, I need to know from you your presence or your word. And as we drove uh, in there, uh, as we're coming up in the the motorway to turn off into Altara, I smelt this beautiful smell in the car. And I said to my wife, girl, you smell good. <laughs> and my wife said to me, I don't have any perfume on. And I knew straight away, I, I remembered the smell. It was the fragrance I smelled in someone's room when the Holy Spirit turned up. And then I started crying. I didn't cry because the Holy Spirit's in the car. I cried because I knew I'm going to go into this <laughs> ugly ass place. Because you wake up every morning to every morning. Gang members shooting each other. And I thought, why me, God? Why this assignment and someone else who's not following after you? I've been the perfect guy. And the Lord said, "Mm mm-hmm. And the reason I'm an Otara, because I love it, is because out of obedience. But through this obedience, I've realized my assignment. And the Lord said to me, you're not coming to Altara to build a church. You've come to change the community. Where you are going is not to build a church. You are going to this new yonder to change that city and then to change Australia. Freedom, listen to me. Freedom Center was never designed for a local church. Freedom Center was designed from God to change nations. When you change nations, something is birthed out of you that's bigger than yourself. And when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, can I tell you what? Your your life changes for good. It actually gets you out of bed. Gets you out of bed. It gets you dreaming and gets you thinking. God has an assignment for your life. Uh, Verse 10 says, it was prepared beforehand. Your assignment was prepared for beforehand. God designed this assignment and created you to fulfill it. Nobody else but you. He didn't, he didn't create anyone else to change Australia and the nations of the world through Freedom Centre, but through you. The person you're sitting, to, or sitting beside right now is uniquely designed to go yonder to change the city of Melbourne and Australia. And the reason I'm getting half claps, because some of you have like, yeah, no. Because we are his workmanship, God created uh, uh, the assignment and then he created you so you can come together. And so when he does that and he gives us works, the Holy Spirit energizes us as we tread around 
and we are regulated in this fulfillment of the assignment of God uh, to fulfill the Father's business. And Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until, until the day of Christ Jesus. He started it, he's going to finish it. He started Freedom Center, and he's going to finish it. And God designed your assignment before you were born. Josiah in 1 Kings chapter 13 verse 2, his name and assignments was to prophesy. In Jeremiah, God called him to prophesy when he was born. Jeremiah 1.5. For Samson, he was called to be deliverer from the womb in Judas 13.5. For John, he became a revivalist from the womb at Luke 1.13-16. For Neil and Grace, God prepared them for such a time as this so when that they will fit the assignment to bring Freedom Center to change Australia for good. Your assignment has your name on it, and your name it has an assignment attached to it. And God's prepared every day of your life. Psalm 139, 16 to 17 says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them come to, come to be. You saw me before I was born and scheduled every day of my life before I began to breathe. Every day was recorded in your book. That's another translation. God has a great plan for your life, and God has a great purpose for your life. And the reason you're here this morning, so God can actually do something in you to bring you back into this assignment to be, so, so it can fulfill uh, your heart's desire. Your assignment is specific. The assignment of Freedom Center is specific. Jesus was aware of his assignment at the age of 12. He's totally committed to his assignment, he could clearly articulate his assignment, and he fully completed his assignment. So it's very clear that God has a design, a purpose for you, and, uh, and nothing was just created of nothing. A guy, the reason there's a speaker, a guy had an idea in his mind, or a girl had an idea in her mind, and thought, you know what, we need to bring sound out, and so they created a speaker. It was made with a purpose. In other words, purpose came before the item or the actual speaker. And it's the same with us. Before you came into this world, God had an assignment prepared for you. You need to understand you're not an, an accident. None of you are a mistake. You may have appeared or arrived early. Uh, my daughter was born 11 pounds four. And, and my wife couldn't give a natural birth. And I said, come on, you're Australian. And she had a C-section. And when my daughter was born, can I be honest with you? It was this blubber of flesh. 11 pound for a baby. So when the baby was born, I picked Hannah up. and I, And My wife was sedated because she had a C-section, and she said to me, uh, you know, uh, what's the baby like? And I said, uh, heavy. <laughs> and when my daughter opened her eyes, these beautiful blue eyes looking at me. And the Lord said to me, I, I, I gave you this child it's, it purposely for you, and it brought a delight to my heart. 
This is exactly what God is doing for Freedom Center going forward. He designed you, and there's no one like you. You are so unique, and the purpose that is prepared is for you. I don't know why people bother to compare themselves with other people because they're not like you. I don't know why you would want to be like other people because God wants you to have what he's ascribed and ordered for your life. God has designed you to accomplish something no one else can accomplish. And when we compare ourselves with one another, then we're comparing ourselves against the wrong standard. And you'll always come up short. You'll always look at the best in someone else and the worst in yourself and come up short from how God designed you in a unique way. Uh, I, I have two beautiful girls. You know what they say to me all the time? I wish my hair was like her hair. And I'm like, baby, your hair's beautiful. I wish my eyes were... And they have this comparison all the time. And before you know it, they're actually down in the dumps because they don't look like someone else. And I said to them, girls... See those other people? They're ugly. <laughs> You're beautiful. Really, Dad? Absolutely. I said, look at you. Look at those eyes. Look at me. They're like, Dad. They're like, look at me. They're like. <laughs> I said, stand up, girl. Now walk around. Look how beautiful you are. And I started speaking into their life, and I started speaking truth into them because they li they're living and believing a lie. They look on Instagram and Facebook and think, oh, I wish I'd be like that. You have no idea what their lives are. I know some people who, in our church, they're on Instagram, and when you look at it, they think, man, they've got their lives together. I know these people. They're miserable. You know why? Because I have to counsel them. <laughs> be yourself. Be you. God created you uniquely and wonderfully. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. Freedom Center, don't try and be like any other church. Don't try and be like any other worship place. Don't try and bring all the lights and compare yourself to any. You are uniquely designed to bring a change in Australia. <laughs> Jeremiah 1.5, before... Freedom Center was born, I knew you in the womb, and I set you apart. You are set apart. You are going up to yonder. So how do you discover your assignment? Well, it's a revelation of the great Holy Ghost. And the Lord has revealed some things before uh, you got here through others who've actually served. And you can discover this assignment for yourself by asking the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, When the Holy Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. And one major work of the Holy Spirit is to reveal God's will, and he is about to empower you. Philippians 2, 13, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. You have an assignment from the Lord that no one else has. I said to the leadership team yesterday, uh, I'm an uneducated man. I don't have any academics uh, behind my name. 
I failed school. I failed Bible college. It was because I have this uh, learning a disability. And so I find myself in uh, unfamiliar territory when I'm sitting with academics. And when I'm in Indonesia, I'm sitting on a table, and here is a theologian, uh, a doctor, who's uh, running a Bible college, a university in, in Indonesia. He has, a, I think it's the school of 3,000 in his university. He has 1,000 students who are doing their master's degrees and PhD. And we're sitting uh, on this table, and he's asking me with some theologi- uh, theological questions. <laughs> when he's asking me these questions, you know what I was thinking? Why am I here? <laughs> so I thought, hey, wait a minute. It's the Holy Spirit that energizes me and helps me. So I started speaking in tongues. He's talking to me, I'm like, and like, he's waiting for me, and I'm like, Jesus, you need to answer me right now, man. This, Jesus, this is a good time to talk to me. And the Lord, through his kindness and his mercy and his compassion, spoke to me about certain things. And I can actually see words coming out of my mouth that I would never use. And I knew straight away, this has got to be God. <laughs> And he's thinking, wow, this great wisdom. I was like, yeah, no idea. (laughs) Three and a half hours later, Pastor Peter, God answers his questions, and he breaks down and cries. He said, Luca, I've been trying to find these answers for years. God, why, 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 why? Because I'm in my assignment. Not because I'm clever. Not because of anything else. I'm walking in my assignment. When you walk in your assignment, let me tell you, uh, you start walking in miracle territory. Is this okay? Yes. So you need to actively pursue, pursue your assignment. Acts 16, 6 to 9, Paul uh, acted on what he knew, his assignment, and how it how it's to unfold. And number one, I want to encourage you as a church, as individuals and as a corporate church, is to look for opportunities that God's given you to help this new community that you're going into. Help the people. Uh, Galatians 6 verse 10. Look for these new opportunities to come and I want to encourage you, when God opens this assignment for you, uh, uniquely designed for Freedom Center, what he does is he navigates you through changes to get to where you need to go. This is not a man-made thought process. This is God and his wisdom. So God says to Abraham, leave your family and go. Uh, and the Bible says that Abraham just stood up and left. It was a step of faith. But I said to some people yesterday, and then the Lord says, God says to Joseph, what he does is he took Joseph away from his family into Egypt in order to save his family. And sometimes we need to leave one place to go into another in order to save the places that we've come from. Uh, Yesterday I was telling the leadership team, Last year, there was some shooting that was happening between gangs, two of the biggest gangs in Auckland. 
and they were shooting each other in where we, where we live, in Ōtara. And, uh, and so the kids were sitting there, major exams uh, in November, and, but they, because of the gang shooting and the house shooting, uh, the parents wouldn't let them go to school during the day. So they kept them in the house. And it really upset the school principal. And so the school principal, uh, my wife is good friends with the school principal, and as we came into this meeting, the school principal said to my wife, I'm just so annoyed that these gangs are shooting each other and the kids can't come in to actually sit their final exam. They've, they've studied all year and yet they're not allowed uh, the access into school. And my wife says, he was sort of out. My husband was sorted out. And I was kind of, kind of tapping it under the table like, uh, <laughs> in New Zealand that means no. And she smiled at me and I just knew straight away this is an assignment from the Lord and an assignment from my wife. <laughs> and you mean listen to your wife because happy wife? Not life, happy eternity. And so... <laughs> So I'm like, okay. So I, I ring a friend of mine who's a pastor who's an ex-gang member, and I said to him, listen, do you think you can get these two ex, uh, these gang leaders together? And so he rings me back and he says, they want to meet with you. Where would you like to meet? I said, in my church. And the gang leaders rang back and said, no, no, we, want, we don't want to go to church. We want to meet you know, in middle ground, somewhere where it's not, got nothing to do with the church. So I thought, well, let's meet at a restaurant in Manukau. And so we, we, we got together. Uh, uh, and they agreed to it, and then uh, I went to Denny's first, it's called Denny's Restaurant, and I went to the, uh, the lady at the reception, I said, listen, I'm having a meeting today uh, with some important people, and I said, it's going to be a bit different, and it might be a bit, mm. and she said to me, I'm going to stick you right at the back of the booth, at uh, the back booth, and so uh, first I heard the motorbikes coming, uh, and all these gang members from, uh, from this gang uh, turn up, and they park about uh, just on my left, and, and I can see the leader with the, uh, the hitman walking in the restaurant. And I start praying in tongues, because I'm scared now. I'm like, whoa, this is for real. And, uh, and so the other gang leader comes with a V8s, all patched up. And so they walk in the restaurant, and they sit down, and the Lord said to me, I want you to take an A3 paper, piece of paper and prophesy over these leaders. And I was thinking, why? And then I realized it's my assignment. And so when they came in and we sat down, I said to them, listen, my name is Pastor Luca. Um, we would like you, uh, the school principal was asked, can you stop the shooting? And, uh, and the gang leader said to me, uh, no. And I was like, uh, listen, I'm here to look after our community and you're shooting your own family members. And they started getting a bit lippy and they said words that I can't repeat on the pulpit. And so uh, I was thinking, we're not going anywhere here. And so the pastor, my pastor friend says, listen, all we're asking you is just to have a ceasefire for about three weeks. And out of my mouth, I said, no, I want ceasefire for good. And so they were saying no. So I got at my, my pad. And then I thought, I'm going to start prophesying over here. So I prophesied over the first gang leader. And I said to him, he's second in charge of this pretty notorious gang, and I said to him, uh, you're beating up your son, and you don't want to do it, and you feel real bad, but you can't stop beating him up. 
Number two, you're second in charge of this gang. In six months, you're going to be the leader of this gang. Are you sure? And so I gave it to the leader. He said, how did you know that? He said, I feel really bad. I'm beating up my son all the time, and I can't stop it, but I love him. He goes, are you a psychic? I said, no, I'm a man of God. And he goes, am I going to be the leader of this gang in six months? I said, absolutely. So he, all of a sudden, he just kind of calmed down. But the other leader of the gang started mouthing off at me. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll prophesy there. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. He goes, how do you know this about me? And then the guy in the middle, who the hit man, they called him the hit man, he's six foot three, big ass monster. He looks like a gorilla. Leans over the table to me to intimidate me. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I'll prophesy over you too. <laughs> and I give him the word, and this is the word. Uh, in six months, uh, you're about to uh, do a hit on a person, but you're, and you don't, you, you, you don't, you're not scared of the, doing that, but you're worried about your daughter that you're about to leave behind when you go to jail, and you're worried about her safety and her well-being. And he said to me, how did you know this? I said, sir, it's my assignment. And he said, it's true. And I said, well, don't shoot anyone then. What's wrong with you? After that, they agreed not to shoot each other. And then they said, you know what, let's have a peace pact. And so right there and then, we made a peace pact. And so my friend says, shall we sign, like you've got a piece of paper, shall we write up something and everyone sign? And the gang member said, no, let's take a photo. And when you take a photo, we never take photos together, show the police and the community we've decided this peace pact. And, and, so I, I, and so I say to them, I said to them, okay, and what would you like me to do? And they said to me, you tell those beep, beep, beep cops, stop flying around with the helicopter, they're scaring the kids. When the helicopter was coming down to the community at 2 o'clock in the morning, the kids would jump into the bath because they were scared that the police would come and raid them. So I said, yeah, I'll tell them. So we took a photo. Would you like to see the photo? Yes. <laughs> you see that big gorilla beside me? He's a monster. After we took that photo, I walk out of the um, restaurant and then we get this phone call from the police. They're monitoring the whole thing. And so we, we call down to the police station. So we take him to this police station. There are four detectives at the police station. You know what they said to me? We've been looking for these gang members for the last week or so. They've been in hiding because we want to arrest them. How did you get them? And we just said, we prayed. You know what the, you know what the uh, detective said to me? Are you a gang member? I was like, Are you cr- do I look like a gang member? <laughs> and so we convinced them that we were pastors and we showed them this is the peace pact because it's my assignment. And so, uh, so the police officer said to, I said to him, listen, they've told, listen, I've done a job for you, so you need to do a job for me. And he said, what is it? I said, they want you to stop the helicopters from flying over the community. And so the detective says to me, we can't do that. That only the big boss, the commander of the police can do it. And so I said, you tell the commander that I said, stop the helicopter flying over. As I'm walking out of the police station, I get this phone call. I have no idea who the, because uh, I don't know, I don't recognize the phone number. And then I answer it. And it's the commander of the New Zealand police. And she says, hi, my name is such and such. Uh, I hear you want to talk to me. And I was like, no, not really, but okay. <laughs> so I go and see her, and I tell her what we've done, and then she said, okay, we're going to stop the helicopters from flying over the community. And I said to her, well, how are you going to tell 
uh, the gang members uh, about this, and she said, well, if they've taken a photo, we should take a photo. <laughs> you want to see the photo? When you're in your assignment, you change the world. We were born with an assignment from heaven to bring heaven to earth. You were born with an assignment in your life to do something for the Lord. And so we have to, as we come to a close, we have to look for the opportunities. We have to invest in our personal growth. We have to develop excellence in serving people. We have got to do some practical goals and make a plan. We've got to build relationships and we've got to take risks. And we've got to commit ourselves to spiritual and emotional health. And I feel in this house that's been given so much in here that there's so much great, there's great maturity in this place. But I want to finish with this. Freedom Center. If God is taking you forward, take a risk. If he can use an uneducated man like me, we can change the world. Imagine what he's going to do for you. The next time I come, I'm going to bring my piano player. Because in New Zealand, we are black ass, man. We, we sing soul music to the soul. And if I had my musicians, we would have sung the song for you. And bring heaven on earth. You need to come to New Zealand. And come to Otara. Because when we worship the Lord, man. Good. I want to encourage you. Grab this new assignment. You're about to embark into the greatest, greatest move of God that this nation has ever had and freedom centered is going to be on the cutting edge to making this happen. It's your assignment. Your cord. But you need to take a risk by leaving what's behind and walking into what's ahead. And when you do that, let me tell you, you are about to bring revival into this nation. That's been prophesied from the days of old. Is that okay? Good. That's why I'm here.